Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The first time a young person has the chance to look through a magnifying glass, it can be quite a mind-blowing experience, particularly if the degree of magnification offered is quite large. A tiny bug that seems to the naked eye to not have much detail to it at all, all of a sudden, before the magnified eye, can be loaded with detail. In fact, sometimes the details that one sees under the magnifying glass can be quite alarming to a young person. One never knew exactly how that bug looked until they saw it under the magnification lens. Our text for tonight has what the church has called for many centuries the Magnificat. It is that song that Mary sang right after she found out that she would give birth to the Most High God's Son. But why is it called the Magnificat? Well, we might want to say that the church is not really all that creative when it comes to naming the songs that find their source in Scripture. Generally, they just take a few of the first words of the song and put that into Latin, figuring, I guess, that's enough flair for anyone. So the Gloria Patri we often sing just means glory be to the Father. The Te Deum simply means to God. And Mary's song that we focus on tonight is called the Magnificant, because she says in her song, my soul magnifies the Lord. Magnifies. Magnificat. Get it? What exactly do the words of Mary mean? What does it mean when she says that her soul magnifies the Lord? Well, it seems to me that the best way we can understand that word magnifies that Mary uses is to think back to that magnifying glass looking in there at that bug. For surely no one in creation can actually make God greater or bigger. And so we know that's not what Mary is saying. But what we as creation can do is actually draw the attention of others to the details of God's greatness, the ways in which he interacts with humanity. And that is what Mary did. Yes, she drew attention to the details of God's greatness and mercy. And we too can do this. We can draw the attention of others to the marvelous details of what we mean when we say that God is great or that he is merciful. Mary does this first and foremost by drawing attention to how God's greatness and mercy has just impacted her. We might say that she brings the eyes to focus upon her particular situation first. For she wants everyone to understand that God loves to do one thing time and time again with humanity. He loves to raise up the humble, and he also brings down the mighty. 
As I said, first she brings focus to this fact by referencing her own situation. For before that angel visited, Mary was just a rather normal young girl. There was nothing special about her in particular, but now because the angel had visited and the word that angel brought was true, Mary would be called blessed for the rest of eternity. Yes, she had to admit that her humble estate had added nothing. Only what God had done with it had made her to be called blessed forever. Yes, the humble virgin would give birth to the Savior. And then in this song, it is is as if Mary sort of zooms out a little to remind us that this was not an isolated incident, how God had dealt with her, but that this is how God deals with humanity everywhere and in all times. And so she proclaims that God exalts everyone who fears him from generation to generation. He fills them with good things, and he remembers every promise that he's ever made to them. She likewise proclaims, the proud otherwise, will they fall in ruin before God? She says that he extends his hand, and the thoughts of their hearts are scattered. And their rear ends, well, they're removed from those mighty thrones they thought would be theirs forever. Yes, she magnifies the Lord by calling attention to the fact that God always, according to his promise, exalts the humble and humbles the exalted. In this season leading up to the birth of our Savior, we too have been called daily to sing a Magnificat of sorts. We have been called to sing praises about our Lord God, wherever we are and about whatever he does for us each day. We're to reveal the details of God's greatness to those he has placed in our lives. And we would do well in this season to zoom in on that same detail of God's greatness and mercy that Mary did. We should admit that we bring very little, really nothing, to the table. Our humble estate is not the reason for God's greatness. But yet in our humble estate, he does great things. But this means that we should not brag that we are the one of the few who showed up here tonight on a Wednesday night when the weather is getting a little colder and the flakes have been flying around in the sky. Instead, we should tell anyone that'll listen, the reason that we're gathered here tonight is because we're broken, we're sinful, and we're sorry all together. We gather not because we're whole, we gather rather because God has promised to make us whole through his word and through his son. Yes, in general, we should make clear before the world that we are not part of the church because somehow we have put our whole lives together and have jumped through a bunch of holy hoops. Instead, we must make clear that we remain a part of the church because we stumble every day and end up flat on our face. In this season, we are preparing to celebrate the ultimate act of God exalting the humble. Yes, God, soon we will see, take his humiliated son, born in less than ideal conditions, 
and born into the frail estate of human flesh, and will exalt him to be king of kings and lord of lords. He will do so through a lowly death and then a glorious resurrection and ascension. But nothing's changed. Even there with his own son, he's doing just what he always does. He takes the one Christ who has humbled himself and exalts his name above every name, that at his name every knee should bow. Tonight we should ask ourselves as we examine our lives, how are we doing at magnifying the Lord before others? Do we, very often, take time to speak about God in specific ways that tell others how great and merciful he is? For I think it can be said without question that our world suffers terribly from believing that they can sort of understand God from a bird's eye view. They think that they can know who he is from a drone's distance away. Part of our job is to bring the focus in, to not let them talk about God in generalities, but to talk about the very specific things he has done in the past and he continues to do in our lives now. Oh, people love to speak about God in a general sense without any detail. Or they love to dismiss his greatness and mercy because of the general characteristics they associate with him. We ought to magnify him before them. We ought not to talk just about God in general ways, but speak about him in specific ways that draw attention to his acts of greatness and his acts of mercy. And certainly there's no better way in this season to do that, to speak specifically about God, rather than to speak about the birth of our Savior, Jesus. How he came and humbled himself for us and our salvation. So don't just say, God is great. Rather, zoom in and let people hear about how God has sent his Son into the manger. Don't just say, in general, that God is merciful Zoom in and speak about how the sending of his son to the cross has removed the sins of humanity as far as the east is from the west. Don't just talk about God in general. Zoom in and talk about the God who exalts the lowly and who brings those who are mighty to a place of ruin. For if we are here tonight to prove that we are good Christians, Mary would tell us that we would go home with nothing. We would be sent away empty. But if on the other hand we are gathered here tonight because we recognize how bad of a Christian we often are, well then Mary would assure us that we go home filled with good things. You go home tonight filled with Jesus. You go home tonight filled with his forgiveness and mercy you go home tonight with the hope that it is at the very center of this Advent season, that hope that Jesus is coming to save us forever. That bug that the young person was looking at, you know, when you zoom in on that bug, the sight can be troubling. But with our God, it's exactly the opposite. When you zoom in to the details of God's greatness and mercy, there is nothing but beauty to behold. 
It is a sight that is precious to all who know him. And therefore we say with Mary, our souls, magnify the Lord. Amen. <laughs>